This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. We are back on Your Tech Report. Thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along, it is at Your Tech Report and all our social media. Uh, I'm very excited to welcome somebody who's going to join us in just a couple seconds here and talk a little bit of gaming because the gaming industry is a pretty big one. If you think about it, uh, I think it was most recently valued at, what, $207 billion, if not more, U.S. dollars. Sorry, that was 2022. Uh, so just imagine the staggering amount of people that not only are spending money on gaming, but people that are interested in gaming. Obviously, we know there are many, but it's a little bit underserved sometimes when you're trying to find information. There's not a lot of people talking about it a lot. So one gentleman from Las Vegas is trying to change that a little bit. Um, Lucas, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, to well, the first of all, you? thank you for having me on. Uh, my name is Lucas Egan. I am the host of a uh, gaming and esports podcast called Land Parties for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, we've been doing that for uh, four years now, since 2020, and uh, I am trying to launch a digital gaming magazine called Game On. Now it's funny, Lucas, because you'd think in 2024 when you put the words magazine in front of anything is probably the last something anybody would talk about. But I guess digital makes it a whole lot more fun, right? Because you can just do things online. Tell us about why, why this project, what drove. What's yeah. You know, I've it? been kind of thinking about it for a couple of years now. And uh, what really drove me to, to start this is, you know, there were a lot of great daily news sites, uh, the IGNs of the world, the Kotaku's of the world. So that is not what uh, Game On is going to do. What I really wanted to do is have an outlet that will take a deep dive into some of the bigger issues facing the gaming industry. Uh, so this will be all about more long form journalism. Uh, down the road, would love to add in some uh, podcast, video interview shows, whatnot, and whatnot. Uh, but this this will be a space to to really uh, take those looks uh, and give those issues the the time and attention that they deserve. What are some of the issues that you're talking about in your podcast today and some of the issues that you want to bring up? Yeah, this, you know, obviously the layoffs are, are a big issue, um, but I, I think what I would love to to really take a look into is, is beyond the daily reporting of, oh, my goodness, you know, more layoffs happened at. X company uh, is to, to really kind of take into a yeah. look of, you know, the instability in the game development world has been around for decades. And I, I would love to go into what can really be done to change if anything can be done to change. Uh, what causes this? You know, why? Why did these studios overhire? What kind of prompted the the too fast growth that now is causing them to have to contract uh, in really painful ways uh, and, and stuff like that? You know, there's a lot of companies that I deal with that are going through similar situations where they're they're laying off people. And what seems to be uh, the pattern that links them all together is that um, people prefer to hire contractors. They love the, you know, the lack of overhead of having to deal with benefits and dealing with the headaches of having to deal with a salaried employee. I look at that as someone who's in this kind of gig economy, who's been working for myself for 30 years. 
I actually kind of like that because I enjoy being a contractor, controlling my own fate. Do you, you know, in the video game world, are there contractors out there? Are there freelancers that are hired for one job here and there? Or is it more salaried employees who are more long-term you know, at a company? There, there are those freelance uh, sectors there. However, um, what I see is is that a lot of people are looking for that stability, and they're essentially getting contract work, but under the guise of, of salaried work. So they might be hired by a studio to work on a game for a couple years, but then that studio has to make cuts and they're let go anyway. So I, I think that the real pain point is is mm-hmm. they're signing up for what they think is supposed to be stable, and then it turns out to not. And I, the other issue is, and I know this has changed a little bit because of remote work uh, kind of increasing popularity, uh, but there's still a lot of having to move from city to city to join a studio, uh, and it, it's just difficult, right? It, it's Nobody can deal with that kind of expenses. Yeah, you pick up and go move somewhere, and then two years later, you're laid off. You're like, wait a second. I just right. uprooted my whole life. Do you have any experience in the industry itself in terms of the like working for a <laughs> You company? know, I don't. Like, I kind of came to it from the outside. Uh, so all, I don't have any like game development experience uh, myself, uh, but it, it's all just been covering industry events and, and having guests on. And what's the feeling amongst the guests in terms of just the overall climate out there? Is it like do people perceive this as a negative thing or do do you think there are some that maybe see see this as an opportunity? Maybe there's an opportunity to start their own company that specializes in one aspect of game development, maybe and farming that out as a service. Yeah, I do think that long term that is going to be one of the the more positive side effects is I think you're going to see a lot of people go, look, we can't deal with working for other people when this is the reality. We're going to form our own studio we're going to form our own company uh, but honestly the real sense is that it's going to get worse before it gets better that they can see in the real big picture of some positives that could happen if certain steps are taken but to get there uh there's just going to be more layoffs there's going to be more pain what do you think it's is the contributing factor here because games aren't less popular um they're making money is it the is it the digital divide here almost like because you look at the industry from a from a mm-hmm. you know like a high point of view and you say okay consoles are getting more digital so people are downloading more content which means the overhead in producing and distributing mm-hmm. a game is actually less you know so who is like and I, and I know this is a tricky question right i know lucas that in in the video game distribution world it used to be there were distributors who would then you know take the title they'd package it and they'd take on that responsibility where do you think there there's blame to lie here and i'm not right. saying point your finger at something i'm just kind of thinking i, I think that there's a couple things that have happened in, in recent years uh, i think one is when we're in the midst of the pandemic obviously gaming just exploded right because that was a, a way that we could all keep connected yeah uh, i think studios saw that and just assumed that that level of growth was gonna just keep happening uh without really thinking when the world started mm. to open back up Right. Bad forecasting. Uh, I think the other thing, too, is the AAA games cost so much to make that studios are just so risk adverse. You know, if you're making a two hundred million dollar bet, they're going to want to be darn sure that that's going to be successful from a sales standpoint. So you're seeing less variety of projects. And when a project fails, that's almost a death knell for a studio now. Like even even if the game's good, if it doesn't meet sales expectations, there's going to be repercussions. Uh, and I, I think kind of a mix of those two things means uh, 
these studios are are just trying to circle the wagons to a degree. Are, are is it just the smaller studios you feel that are affected by this or some of the No, I think it's well? the bigger ones. I mean, you know, just this week we saw EA saying that they were going to lay off 670 people yeah. canceling a, a Star Wars game, you know, uh, uh so I, I think big and small it, it's <laughs> it's affecting everybody up and down the industry. It's funny because you know we we saw Phil Spencer just last week or 2 weeks ago on a podcast talk about the expansion of mm-hmm. some of the Microsoft titles, right? And making them available on PlayStation and different platforms. Where do you think that's going? Like because I don't see PlayStation necessarily doing the same thing. Is this a risk risk thing for you Microsoft? You know, it, it's interesting cuz cuz you you definitely don't see PlayStation doing the same thing. Uh and to a degree you really don't see Nintendo doing the same thing, but I think with with exactly. the advent of Game Pass for for Microsoft, I see. I think you saw those early bets that they want to be more of a, a a game delivery system, and where they play your game doesn't necessarily matter to them as much as the fact that you are playing their games. Uh, and I think you know Phil has been pretty upfront in interviews saying, you know what, Sony's dominating us right now from a sales perspective from the console war so it would make sense that they want to make uh their investments as profitable as as possible you know they bought up all those studios uh but if you have the smaller platform uh you're gonna get limited revenue and and those those uh studios they bought were not cheap so i I definitely think uh you're gonna see that i I think the the big issue with cloud gaming is the internet just has to be more uniform across the states right like yeah. You know, you or I may have a great experience if we're in a big city with with fast internet experience. If you live in a more uh, rural area, you're going to have a terrible experience, probably. You know, so um, I think that that's going to yeah. be interesting to see if if we can get the internet where it needs to be. Where do you think it leaves companies like you know GeForce Now and uh, some of the other streaming companies, like Steam? Where do you think it leaves them? You in know, the game? I think Steam will be fine, right? Steam's been around forever; they've got the brand name. I, I think, like a GeForce Now, I think is going to struggle. Like I don't know that they've ever fully done like super well. Like obviously they've they've done well enough to stick around, but but I think you know when you see a microsoft when even you see like a netflix potentially trying to expand their game service if they ever put a a super big focus on that i think you're going to see the brand names kind of take over yeah it's super interesting i was having this conversation yesterday with somebody about 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 microsoft and talking about the fact that I think there's probably a future where there's not going to be this big investment mm-hmm. into the console. And I don't think hardcore gamers will care because I think the hardcore gamers are still on PCs. And I'm wondering if that's what Microsoft is making. The yeah, better. you know, you're right. The, 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 I hate to say this this way, but like the, the serious gamers, right? The, 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 real, the real hardcore gamers are definitely on PC. Um, obviously, Microsoft has a, a big into that <laughs> that area so that would make all the yeah. sense in the world uh i i do see a, a world where consoles are less and less important uh you know even as our phones keep getting more and more powerful right we've got a handheld just in our pocket necessarily yeah. but it, even with the advent of like the steam deck uh so i i think portability and versatility will become much more important than uh aligning yourself with a home console 
What happened to those days when the console was like, you know, we were so excited about getting the console because it had this incredible power and the graphics, and and now we're just streaming it to our devices. I guess I guess the power there really lies in the cloud and the computing element in the cloud, and we're just getting a, an image, right? As long as the image has the lowest latency possible and it looks good, I guess. You know, I think so. I, I think part of that too is you know, as consoles got more and more powerful, the the gains became less and less from system to system, right? So like, I, I feel like it yeah. it peaked from the jump to. HD graphics but then after that you know although of course they keep getting more photorealistic but it, it becomes less and less of a return uh, and I think at some point we're like look the graphics are great already uh, I I would rather focus on the performance uh, and making sure there's low latency and, and no delays rather than needing another jump in graphics that frankly it's harder and harder to impress people on that front yeah Lucas, we know we, we chatting, we're chatting today because um, uh, I saw the post online about the Kickstarter that's going to be launching soon about Game On, uh, a digital gaming magazine. The reason I'm asking you all these questions about gaming is because I want people to realize the kind of stuff you're going to be bringing to the table when it comes to this magazine. And I'm hoping they, they get that. Um, what is your timeline for the Kickstarter? Where can people yeah, find so out it, more? Yeah, uh, so it actually is starting March 1st. So I guess depending on when this, this goes. Uh, it, Amazing. So, so they'll hear this on Saturday. Yeah, just so started then. Just, just started. Start. Uh, you can uh, follow me on socials at Lucas Agin on X and at the Lucas Agin on everything else. I swear that's not an ego thing. Somebody else just took Lucas Agin already on the other <laughs> platform. So whoever you are, darn you. Uh, but you can keep up to date there. Uh, and yeah, you know, it, it. I'd be honored if you gave it a look. Uh, it's. It's definitely been a passion project of mine, and uh, I hope to just provide high-quality journalism. Uh, I, I try to tell people, you know, I, the aim is to have journalists who are gamers rather than gamers trying to be journalists, and I think there's an important distinction there uh, in, in that world. Yeah. How long is the campaign going to be up for? Uh, so it's 40 days. So so just, just through March and into the first part of April, uh, we have a target launch date of July. Um, although, knock on wood, I would love to get it a little bit earlier than that, but July is the date I'm saying to be safe. Uh, so uh, we're we're on the path. Lucas, we'll have you back on again in a couple weeks to see how the campaign is going and talk more gaming. There's always news to talk about. There's so many things. I mean, we're not going to see an E3 this year. You know, this is the first year in how many years? I mean, other than the pandemic, we're not going to get uh, a big show like that. But, you mm -hmm. know, there are GDCs of the world and other things to talk about. So thank you for taking the time to join me. Good luck with the campaign. And we're going to touch base in a couple weeks and have you back on and see where things are. Thank you so much for having push. me. Thank you guys for joining us on this week's edition of Your Tech Report. Again, follow us online on all our social media, and we'll see you again next week. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.
Kits. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous or sexy. Catch us on on the the Dean Blundell Blundell Network Network. or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because Because democracy democracy is is something something you do. do.